Alright, a very good evening to one and all. Welcome to our Saturday service as we begin ourselves. Let's prepare our hearts as we listen to a portion of scripture from Psalm 63. And the psalmist David says this, O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I've looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and your glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. So church, as we prepare ourselves to come into his sanctuary, to seek him, to behold his power, let us begin this time as we Worship the Lord as we invite Chin to lead us in the opening song. Uh, yes, even as we just um, yeah, sing, through the, sing through the lyrics of, of this hymn, I just want to just, just reflect, reflect on the faithfulness of our God. Come down, fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming. Songs above, praise the mount I fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. Here I praise my Ebenezer, neither by thy help I'm come, and I Jesus sought me 
Once again, a very warm welcome to our Saturday service. As we begin our time, let's together say, we have come together as a family of God in our Father's presence to offer Him praise and thanksgiving, to hear and receive His holy word, to bring before Him the needs of the world, to ask His forgiveness for our sins, and to seek His grace, that through His Son, Jesus Christ, we may give ourselves to His service. Scripture says that if we, have, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess of our sins, God is faithful, He is just, and you forgive us all of our sins and cleanse us from any unrighteousness. So shall we now take this time as we confess our sins to the Almighty God? You may kneel as we spend a moment in silence, in reflecting on your own life before we come into this time of corporate confession. Together, shall we say, Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our fellow men in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in the newness of life. To the glory of your name, amen. So receive the forgiveness that comes from the Almighty God. Almighty God who forgives all who truly repent, may He have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins. May He confirm and strengthen you in His goodness and keep you in life eternal through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. As redeemed people, let us now stand as we continue to take this time to worship and praise our God. Right, good evening, church. Before we begin a time of worship, shall we just go around, right? Find, go around, find someone that you don't normally talk to, you know, g- g- greet them and say, you know, it is good to be in the house of the Lord, right? So even as we begin a time of worship, let's just come before God. Let's just come before God with open hearts and, and, and lifted hands. And let's just praise our God for who He is. Praise our God for, for, for how much we have, how much our lives depend on Him and, and how much He has done for us. Let's clap along.
Amen. Amen. Yes. Yes, Lord. We declare that, that you are greater and you are stronger. You are greater and stronger than all, all that is in the world, all that comes against us, Lord. And we can have hope, we can have the confidence, the assurance to know that, that you are for us, that you are indeed for us, Lord. That you are indeed for us. Yes, Lord.
you high in this place we glorify you we glorify you because you are great we glorify you because you are worthy even now even as we spend this time in worship just between us and God I just want us to to just say a prayer and just commit whatever it is that is on our hearts whatever it is that we may have been holding back on when it comes to glorifying Him, when it comes to living a life that that truly serves Him and, and that, that is truly worthy of worthy of His name. I just want to just spend this time and just lift up whatever it is that is on our hearts. gather here to worship, even as we gather here to, to lift up your name that, that your name may not just be lifted up within this church, your name may, may not just be lifted up silently in our lives in our hearts, but it, it may be lived out it may be lived out lived out for the world to see, lived out for those around us a life that glorifies you, a life that that honors you, that shows the world who you are, Lord. Yes, Lord.
Brothers and sisters, please have a seat. Let's just take this moment to just pause a little bit in our own thoughts. Just pause a little bit and just reflect on how beautiful God is. 
how much is provided for us. We're so privileged. Let's take a moment to pray for others, perhaps, who needs our prayers. So let's bow our heads and pray together the intercession prayer. Oh God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we pray for every man, every race, and in every kind of need. Make your ways known on earth, your saving power amongst all nations. We especially pray, Father, that we haven't forgotten the war is one year old. The war from Russia and Ukraine. COVID has just passed us by. Two, three weeks ago, tens of thousands have passed away in Turkey and Syria from natural disasters. Father, we just bow our heads and just raise them up to you, Lord. Those who are suffering, those who have passed, those who are hurting, the psychological traumas for those who continue to stay on, Father. We just pray in these so difficult moments that they have a sense of hope and that sense of hope is with and through you. That in every moment that they are pondering why is life like this, that they can see that you give them warmth, you give them light. We pray for those evangelists out there, missionary workers, humanitarian workers who are believers, Lord, to touch the lives of these people. We've seen it even a year ago when Jenna was there in uh, Ukraine. Lord, so we just, Father, we just really raise them up to you. We plead, and in your mercy, Lord, hear our prayers. Heavenly Father, we pray for church, yes, the Christian church throughout the world, guide and govern us by your Holy Spirit that all that all who profess and claim that they are Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit in the bond of peace and in the righteousness of life Father we pray for a greater church we pray for our diocese for the deaneries we pray for the church leadership that you speak to them Lord that they are bold, that they carry the torch that you have handed on to them. We pray for all saints, Chinese and English. We pray for our worship leaders, Lord, our cell leaders. We pray, Lord, Father, for our pastors. We pray for their families, Lord. We pray for the ECC. Father, we just submit to you. We submit to you, Father, because we love you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We command to your fatherly goodness all who are anxious and distressed in mind and body comfort and relieve them in their need give them peace in their suffering and bring out good out of their troubles father today here in our church right here right now i sense father that there are people who have their hearts broken there are families that in disarray relationships perhaps with siblings with parents with children that's been intention we pray for healing we pray for reunification father we pray that those who are not feeling well who are ailing spiritually emotionally physically mentally lord heal them we pray for complete unity in this church, Father. 
Yeah, marriages, relationships are challenging. Father, we pray that you will continue to work in our lives for us to be closer to you, Lord Jesus. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Before we have our usual video announcement, we're going to invite Eugene to come up once again to update and share with us a little bit more about the BB Walk. Eugene. Um, okay, good evening, church. So I'll be here to share about um, this year's BB Week. So BB Week is um, the Boys' Brigade's um, annual fundraising event um, and it will be starting tomorrow 5th of march and it will last for four weeks until the 2nd of april next slide yep so bb week the fundraising the funds raised will go towards um some of the things that we do in the boys brigade so things like uniform um as well as some of the activities that you'll see in the next few slides uh yeah that we organize for the boys and I think through these activities, like the funds allow us to organize these activities which become the platform for us to um, like reach out to the boys and mentor them in their three to four year journey in the boys brigade. So yeah, so these are some of the activities that we have managed to organize in the past year. Um, next slide. Yeah, so there are three main options in which uh, you can contribute to the BB Week. The first two are on the screen. Um, the, so the first one is the leaflet, which can be collected at the um, counter when you come in for service. So it will be available at the counter for these um, four weeks. And then the second option is through giving.sg. We had this option, I think, for the past two years. So you, if you collect the leaflet, you'll also see this um, tiny slip that is inside the leaflet. So if you want to donate through either the leaflet or the giving.sg, just collect the leaflet from the counter when you come in. Um, and the third option is through PayNow, but um, just take note that if you do through PayNow, the details of which we will send out through the church WhatsApp, you need to indicate um, our company number, which is 14th, so that they know to direct the funds to our company. Yep. So um, for those who would like tax deduction, the first two options, which is giving.sg and leaflets, will allow for tax deduction. But pay now, pay la, there's no tax deduction um, available. And then I think next slide is just a reminder and uh, some clarification on the fundraising walk with the E5 men, men's ministry. So um, just to clarify, to participate in the walk, uh, it is com completely free of charge, you don't need to pay any money to come for the walk, just that if you come for the walk, there will be an anonymous donor who will be contributing $10 if you just come for the walk, and if you come for the walk and you also contribute $50 um, to BB Week through any of the three methods I said earlier, then the anonymous donor will contribute $50, and if you do all three, which is to come for the walk, um, donate $50 or more to BB Week, and also bring a pre-believer to the walk, then the anonymous donor will contribute $100 to BB Week. So I hope that clarifies.
Thank you. Ah, yeah, and that's my number if you need any clarification. Okay, thank you. Shall we stand for the offer, the offer tree song?
Hi, brothers and sisters. Today's scripture reading is taken from Hebrew chapter 10, verse 32 to 39. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32 to 39. The author of Hebrews says, But recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourself had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. The second reading is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 to 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 to 11. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's suffering, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. Now if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same suffering that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken. For we know that as you share in our suffering, you will also share in our comfort. Verse 8, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction that we experience in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despair of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received a sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and He will deliver us. On Him we have set our hope that He will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer, 
so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayer of many. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Right. Let me see whether the thing is working. Oh yeah, it is. Good evening, brothers and sisters. I always felt that it's a joy to share the Word of God with you. And I hope that you are following us in our sermon series. Today, I want to introduce to you another new virtue, and that's patience. And more specifically, patience in suffering with one another. And of course, before we continue, let us pray. Holy Spirit, may you anoint my lips with your inspiration and our hearts with your wisdom and understanding as you teach us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, the letter to the Hebrews was written to a group of Jewish Christians facing persecution from the Roman government at that time because Christianity was not a sanctioned religion. Judaism was. In the midst of persecution, some of them wanted to return to Judaism. The letter of Hebrews was written to prove that Christ is better than Judaism. And he showed them that Christ was indeed the Messiah that the Old Testament scripture was talking about. In this context, the author encouraged them not to give up, but to endure the suffering and hold on to their faith in Christ Jesus. Now, this month, we are moving on to the virtue of patience, as I've mentioned, and we need a lot of patience especially in suffering with one another. And please be patient with me too as I share the Word of God with you. I want to set our context right. Now, in all that we have shared since the beginning of this year, we are all done in the context of the community of Christ. Why do Christians live in community? You may ask. Well, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 to 12, which begin with two is better than one and end with a cord of three strands cannot be easily broken. There is cohesiveness in community and there are many more advantages in being of one mind and in one accord, as Paul puts it in Philippians chapter 2. So far, we have learned from the sermon series how we should regard, value, welcome, care, witness, and bear with one another. And all this action cannot be done apart from the community of Christ. You cannot apply them to yourself simply because of the phrase one another. Right? All this action okay, done, are done in the context of the community of believers. 
You know, when I was in Israel, I had a chance to experience lodging in a kibbutz. And the word kibbutz means gathering. It is traditionally an agrarian community. Agrarian means agricultural community. And it's based on egalitarian principles and communal principles. Egalitarian means equality, and communal means shared values. Traditionally, they were farmers, but today, the members of the community have a variety of traits. Now, all the members of the kibbutz have equal rights, as you can see in the word egalitarian. Okay. Now, they believe in communal living. Many families living as one big family in a large compound with many houses, just like our kampong. You know, uh, that picture there is not a sci-fi picture or sci a spaceship. It is actually a community with many houses surrounded by all the uh, plantations and yeah, the agricultural land. So everyone chips in, you know, to cook, and they all dine together in a central dining place. And then they have fellowship with one another and care for one another. All the income, okay, this, that this is one of the key things, all the income generated by its members goes into a common pool and is used to run the kibbutz and make investment. Kibbutz members receive the same budget according to family size, regardless of their job or position. So if one of them is a doctor, the other one is a plumber, all the money that they earn are all put together in a common pool and then distributed to them equally. Would you like that? Every individual in the community has direct influence in issues and events of the community. I wonder if we can live in such a community structure. Once in my teaching on the book of Ecclesiastes, when I came to chapter 4, which is just now I mentioned two is better than one, I asked the attendee if they can live like those who live in kibbutz, but in one big house. You know, and one lady said, no, no way, cannot, it's impossible. You know, I want my own privacy. <laughs> well, we Christians are taught to live as community as well. But actually, kibbutzim or kibbutz, kibbutzim means the plural of kibbutz, are not a new concept. The first believers were already doing that. In Acts chapter 4, verse 32 to 35, it says, Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that anything, any of the things that belonged to him was his own. As in, you know, if you have a car, they say, oh, that car is not mine but they had everything in common. 
there was not a needy person among them. That was the result. For as many as were owners of land and, or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each as any had need. Now they did this, all this voluntarily. Now that's why when we, as Christians, Christ taught us how to live in the community as well. So why is community living so important to us and to Christ? In John chapter 17, Jesus, our great high priest, prayed that we may be one for three reasons. Firstly, as a community, we are to emulate the relationship of the Trinity, and that is unity. Secondly, through our actions, the world may believe that God sent Jesus. That means our community is supposed to reflect who Jesus is. And thirdly, through our action, the world may know that God loves them. As a community, we are to demonstrate the love of God to the world. So in short, the community of Christ is to emulate the unity of the triune God and to reflect who Jesus is by demonstrating His love towards one another. Today, by the virtue of patience, we move on to yet another action, and that is to share in the suffering of one another. You know, the compassion of the community is most needed when one of us suffer or in trouble. Nothing is more comforting when we rally around our suffering members to pray with them, to visit them, and to minister to them. From today's scripture reading, I want to pick up three important points we need to learn pertaining to how we can suffer with one another. The first point, we must share in the suffering of the community of Christ. You know, since the fall of mankind, suffering or trial has become a natural phenomenon. It is natural for all creatures, not only humans, uh, animals as well, for all creatures living in this fallen world to suffer in one way or another. Genesis chapter 3, verse 17 to 19 records for us the fall of man resulting in the curse of mankind to suffer in his entire life until he returned to the ground. For from dust you came, to dust you shall return, says the Lord. It is a sobering and humbling reminder of what we are made of. For one to bear the suffering all alone can be very daunting. Sometimes one can easily give up and bearing the trials because they are overwhelming. The suffering of persecution is even more difficult as Paul testified in 2 Corinthians 1. 
Paul said in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 8, our second reading today, that the suffering they were bearing was so difficult to the point they despair even of life. Today, we are not really bearing the burden of persecution in Singapore. Well, even if they are, okay, they are minor compared to those who suffered during the time of the apostles. We are called to bear one another's burden, as Pastor mentioned last week from Galatians chapter 2, 6, verse 2. This is especially needful when we are being persecuted for simply followers of Christ. Sharing one another's suffering really makes the suffering easier to bear. Now, the author of Hebrew tells us that the Jewish Christians were doing well in daring to visit those in prison and partnering with those who were ill-treated while they themselves were publicly mocked and shamed for their own faith. Friends, if we do not share one another's suffering now, how can we share one another's suffering in persecution? For followers of Christ, persecution is really not a matter of if, but a matter of when. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 9, that we will be delivered up to tribulation and we will be hated by all for his name's sake. And there will come a time just by calling ourselves Christian will land us in trouble. Now, if we share in one another's suffering today, we will not be afraid to share in one another's suffering when we are under persecution. Jesus goes on to say that many will fall away. Many will betray one another. And many will hate one another. Why? Because they only care about themselves. Imagine when the police come knocking at our door and then we say, no, 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 I'm my neighbor. My neighbor is Christian, not me. You know? So we are trying to like distract the police and then we try to keep ourselves safe. So that, was the, that will be the situation uh, as Jesus mentioned in Matthew chapter 24. Hence, it is so important for Paul in Philippians chapter 2, verse 2 to call on each and every one of us to be of the same mind, having the same love and being in full accord and of one mind so that when we suffer, we suffer together. My second point is that God is the source of our comfort in suffering with one another. We don't have to struggle. You know, God is our comfort. The author of Hebrew tells us that the Jewish Christians counted all joy when they were being plundered of their possession. Wow, where did that joy come from? It is because they set their hope on God. They knew that they themselves had a better possession and an abiding one which God will provide. Therefore, our focus must be on God because He is the source of all our comfort. And it is this comfort that we are going to use 
to comfort one another when we are being afflicted. If we all suffering, then who will comfort us? Well, Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 says, it is God who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with that comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Paul has a way of saying things. In other words, Paul is saying, you are suffering, I am suffering, then where can relief come from? But God. Therefore, when we are suffering with one another, we look to God for comfort and relief. This comfort, Paul says, is actually in fact because we remember that God has given us a hope and a future, our salvation. In our affliction, we remember that we have a bright future in Jesus Christ. And in our affliction, especially in persecution, we are put on trial for one reason, and that is our hope of eternal life in Jesus Christ. James chapter 5 says, In suffering and patience, look at the prophets. They suffer too, you know, for the sake of God. Therefore, let us remain steadfast, which is my last point. In suffering with one another, do not lose heart. The author of Hebrew told the Jewish Christian, Hey, don't throw away your confidence. For you have need of endurance, that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. What is the will of God for us? But to remain loyal to Him and to live a Christ-like life even unto death. And the promise of His reward awaits. You know, whenever we suffer, our faith in God has been challenged. It is so easy to give up on God when we are suffering. But we need to remain steadfast and loyal to God. There will definitely be questions in our mind. Questions as to why didn't God heal me? Why didn't God take me out of this bad situation? And why is God silent? Then we begin to doubt God's love and care for us. And in the end, we give up faith in God altogether. I have friends who gave up faith altogether because they just could not withstand that suffering that they were suffering. But we are not alone, brothers and sisters. Psalms 28, King David himself was crying out to God as well. He prayed, To you, O Lord, I call my rock. Be not deaf to me. Lest if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit or to hell. Hear the voice of my plea for mercy when I cry to you for help. And when I lift up my hands towards your most holy sanctuary. But David did not give up on God and he continued to trust in God to answer him and further down the chapter he says 
he went on to say, Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my plea for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exalts and with my song I give thanks to him. I pray, brothers and sisters, that we will hold on to our faith in God no matter what happens. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 22, that we must endure to the end, then we will be saved. And in the community, we who are stronger in faith should rally around those who are weaker in faith during trials and suffering and strengthen our weak brothers and sisters so that together we can walk through the valley of suffering. James 5 used the analogy of the farmer patiently waiting for the crops to grow. At the end of the tunnel of suffering, there will always be a light for us who trust in God. Hebrew 10.37 says, For in a little while, God is coming and will not delay. When He comes, He, we, he must find us faithful because He has no pleasure in those who shrink back from their faith. Sometimes it is hard to endure when we are overwhelmed by our suffering. But with our brothers and sisters coming alongside us, sharing our suffering, we will endure. In the end, we want to hear Jesus saying to our community, each and every one of us as a community, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. So even as I close, let us be reminded that we need to learn to share in the suffering of our community, the community of Christ. And then, we must put our trust and our hope in God because He is the source of our comfort in suffering. And in our suffering with one another, do not lose heart. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we now understand why You have called us to be in the community of Christ so that we can emulate the unity of the triune God and reflect who Jesus is by demonstrating His love towards one another. In difficult times, teach us as a community to also share in the suffering of one another. You know that it is hard for us to carry our burden alone and many times they are overwhelming. Through our brothers and sisters, you have made our burden easier to bear. You are the source of our comfort. May we always look to you as we share with one another our trials. Keep us, Lord, in our faith that we may never, never walk away from you, no matter how difficult our trials may be. This we pray in Jesus Christ's most precious name. Amen. I think we'll play the response song.
Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which ourselves are comforted by God. What a wonderful promise by God in this verse, isn't it? That in our life, there will always be problems. Jesus himself said that in this world, you will face trouble. This is a wonderful promise from the Word of God that despite the sufferings that we may face, the truth is that we have a God of comfort who will comfort us. And not only that, the purpose of our suffering is that He will not only comfort us, so that we can use His comfort to comfort others who may be also going through this suffering. So church, as we listen to the Word this evening, may we continue to learn to share in each other's suffering. May we learn to bear this load with one another. 
So let us close the service as we receive the benediction. So may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of us. May the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be and remain with each and every one of you now and forever. Amen. Before we have the closing song, just want to quickly announce <coughs> that we do have some refreshment, all right, at the side hall. So please go to the side hall, um, mingle around, get to know one another. And by the way, just to let you know, Ellen's wife is here in our midst, all right? So you will know who she is when you go to the side hall. So get to know her, mingle with her. Um, yeah, all right? So let's do that. Chin. Shall we stand even as we close and declare of the God who is great and the God who is for us?
service ends here do join us for a time of refreshments at the side hall